You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. accusers. They're gone. Neither do I condemn you. Do not misunderstand that statement. He's not saying, ah, adultery, what's the big deal? (laughs) Neither do I condemn you. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came to pour out grace. He came to forgive. Neither do I condemn you. Now, leave your life of sin. You want the grace that I have to offer? You want to know me and follow me? Leave that adulterous lifestyle. Today, Pastor Danny will recap some of the encounters Jesus had with sinful people in the Bible. He'll remind you that the Savior of the world didn't come to accuse people of wrongdoing. He didn't leave the comfort of heaven just to pass judgment and tell us we'll never be good enough. Not at all. Pastor Danny will remind you that Jesus came to save the world. He wants to give you a new life, but you need to walk away from sin. The forgiveness of Jesus is enough, and he's offering it to you today. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 with today's edition of The Living Word. Slowly the spell of his life deepens, talking about Christ. Area after area of their nature is overtaken, talking about the disciples. Thawed, subjected, sanctified. Their manners soften. Their words become more gentle. Their conduct more unselfish. As swallows who have found a summer. As frozen buds the spring. Their starved humanity burst into a fuller life. They do not know how it is, but they are different men. One day they find themselves like their master, going about and doing good. They don't understand their change, but they cannot do otherwise. The people who watch them know how to account for it. They have been, they whisper, with Jesus. Already the mark and seal of his character is upon them. They have been with Jesus. Unparalleled phenomenon that these poor fishermen should remind other men of Christ. Stupendous victory and mystery of regeneration that mortal men should suggest to the world God. And then near the end, very important. He says, it may have seemed up to this point as if all depended on passivity. Let me now assert with intense conviction that all depends on activity. A religion of effortless adoration may be a religion for an angel, but never for a man. Not in the contemplative, but in the active lies true hope. Not in rapture, but in reality lies true life. Not in the realm of ideals, but among the tangible things is man's sanctification brought about. Resolution, effort, pain, self-crucifixion. Agony, all the things already dismissed as futile in themselves must now be restored to office and a tenfold responsibility laid upon them. What is their job? To move the vast inertia of the soul, to place it and keep it where the spiritual forces, talking about the Holy Spirit, will act upon it. It is to rally the forces of the will and keep the surface of the mirror bright, always in position. It is to direct our gaze, our attention to Christ, and away from the influence and pull of the world. Amen. That's good stuff. Adding to our faith. And we have responsibility, and heaven has responsibility. And it is no accident that the first virtue listed in 2 Peter chapter 1 to add to my faith is this one right here. 
Well, let me go back a minute. I'm old enough now. I'm allowed to do these things. I forgot one little thing. So before we go on, let's say this one together. Come on with me. Everybody say it together. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into his image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Real simple little verse from Galatians says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's a work that God does, but it requires my cooperation. Let me tell you really quickly. First king of Israel, first Samuel tells the story. Spirit of God comes on Saul, King Saul. And it says he was changed into a different person. But if you continue to read the story, he didn't keep in step with the spirit. He became self-centered. He set up a monument in his own honor and he did not grow. As a matter of fact, he went the wrong direction, not the right direction. And his life ended tragically. He never grew because he never cooperated with what the spirit wanted to do in his life. Now, first, virtue, to add to my faith. No accident, this is the first one, is goodness. And the best definition of what that Greek word means is simply this. It is moral excellence. Moral excellence. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says this. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Let me read you the context of that one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and the verses that lead up to this verse, here they go. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, let us purify ourselves. Moral excellence. John chapter 8 tells the story of an encounter with Jesus and a woman caught in the act of adultery. And the Jewish leadership bring her to him and they do it to try to trap him. And he turns to all those who are are there and he says, okay, whoever's without sin, let him cast the first stone. Because they say the law says this woman should be stoned. What do you say? Okay, whoever's without sin, you cast the first stone. If you know the story... Little by little, all those people walked away from the older ones to the younger ones because the older ones got more racked up. You know what I mean? Until it's just Jesus and this woman. I have no doubt she's weeping. Jesus says to her, woman, where are your accusers? She wipes the tears away when she finally gets a little focus. It's nobody but her and Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. Where are your accusers? They're gone. Neither do I condemn you. Do not misunderstand that statement. He's not saying, ah, adultery, what's the big deal? (laughs) Neither do I condemn you. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came to pour out grace. He came to forgive. Neither do I condemn you. Now, leave your life of sin. 
You want the grace that I have to offer? You want to know me and follow me? Leave that adulterous lifestyle. Purify your life. I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind, the woman, another woman Jesus met, John chapter 4, a Samaritan woman by a well at high noon. She's surprised that a Jew would have any conversation with her. He asked her for a drink. Then he says, if you knew who it was who asked you for the drink, you'd ask him for a drink, and the water he would give you would be a well springing up to eternal life. And she says, oh, give me this water. He says, well, first go call your husband and then come back. She says, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right in saying you don't have a husband. You've had five, and the one you're living with is not your husband. I have no doubt I'm going to meet this woman in heaven. The Bible doesn't tell me that. But I have every conviction that this Samaritan woman, she goes back to her town and she goes and begins to say, I met a man that told me everything I ever did. (laughs) I met a man that knows everything about me. And he knows I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. And it says the whole town came out to hear him. And they believed, not just because of her testimony, but because of listening to him themselves. I believe I'm going to meet that woman. And I have every assurance that once she became a follower of Jesus Christ, she cleaned up that living situation. She purified her life. I have no idea what it was that opened the door for a woman named Mary Magdalene to be possessed by seven demons. But she met Jesus one day and Jesus set her free. He became her deliverer. And I'll guarantee you Mary Magdalene made some decisions that wouldn't allow that open door again for Satan to rob her and enslave her like he had for who knows how long. First stop on the way into the promised land for the children of Israel. The Old Testament tells us the story was Jericho. And remember, the spies go into Jericho and they are housed while they're there by a woman named Rahab. She's a prostitute. She's a prostitute. But she hears about this God of Israel. She comes to believe in this God of Israel. She puts her faith in the God of Israel and she is saved, literally, physically, from the judgment that comes upon the people of Jericho. And you better believe when she left Jericho and she left not just geographically Jericho, she left the lifestyle. She left it and she became part of the family of God. The Apostle Peter's first letter encouraged the lives of believers spread far and wide, forced from their home due to their devotion to Jesus. Today, though you may not be facing the same kind of persecution, there will be people that oppose your message of hope. The enemy wants you to be silent, but your story and the grace of Jesus just can't be kept silent. Don't hide Jesus from people. Live Him out in your daily life and proclaim His praises wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Danny's teaching on the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more of his messages from this series on the book of 1 Peter, visit ccfstpete.church. Feel free to download or share the teachings you find from the Living Word or visit our YouTube channel. 
There you can immerse yourself in our weekly services. We'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That way you'll be notified as soon as we post anything new. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit the website and click the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.